0: Hey, Welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Billy Spitfire, oh. Billy Spitfire Unlimited. Yeah, it's like you're coming up for air there. <gasps> Holy mackerel. <laughs> hey everybody, it's me Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We're thrilled to death <laughs> that you are listening <laughs> to our show. Uh, we are in our Seventh year of production. Everybody. Wow. Yeah. Seven years of glory. Seven years. Lucky seven. Here we go. I'm knocking on wood to not screw that up. Yeah. Billy, what do we do on the show? We talk about <laughs> time for redemption. <laughs>
1: <laughs> G- boutique builders. Yes. Of
2: fine gear. That's right. That's... And Tony, what else? Well, you know, we like to find the story behind the story from the movers and shakers in this fine world of musicality. That's right. And we've got a great one that
0: we met at Nam this year who, that we just referenced. We actually talked about this person. Oh, yeah. The We're still episode. speak in yeah, third person until he reveals himself. Uh, and so we had a nice little chat about that. But person, reveal yourself. Well, I mean, you know, tell us who you are. Sorry.
3: (laughs) Hey, Barry from Grez Guitars here. Awesome.
0: Well, uh, we had a lovely time talking with you when we were uh, at NAMM and discovering, you know, the funnest thing is when you walk in, you're like, whoa, what's this? And that's exactly what happened to both Billy and I and no doubt uh, thousands of other people that uh, graced your booth. So, we're going to have a great discussion about these guitars. In the meantime, where can people find the guitars that you make?
3: Uh, Let's see. Uh, Grez Guitars, G-R-E-Z, guitars.com. Obviously, the website and Instagram, Facebook, tiny bit of TikTok. And, uh, um, yeah, some dealers spattered around the country as well.
0: Fantastic. It's not on the website. Fantastic. Uh, I think you have a unique offering in the guitar world. At least we think so, and that's why we wanted to talk to you about it. So we're going to get into that more a little bit later. Tony, I like your hoodie. It's an old school uh, NYC.
2: This is an old, uh, yeah. old,
0: old, old, old navy. Yeah, but the, hoodie. the mostly the NYC part. NYC. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So. Without further ado. Oh,
3: and by the way, uh, Barry, where are you calling from today? A little town called Petaluma, California, oh, uh, about a, yes. about forty five minutes north of San Francisco, beautiful. up in the countryside. Oh wow, yeah. yeah, beautiful area up there, northern Northern California. Okay. Yeah, we're in between the coast and the wine country.
0: Yes, oh, it is wow. lovely. You know, Big one cheese, of my favorite Redwoods. things to do anytime that anybody goes. They say, Oh, I'm going to California. I'm like, Where about? They're all oh, kind of San Francisco and up north. And I was like, Every single person I say, and you, I'm sure you've, you're familiar with this. If you're not, I will be shocked. Um, in an area called Willits.
3: <laughs> I know Willits.
0: Okay. One of my greatest memories. So living on the coast, if you live on the West Coast, kind of like you're kind of you're kind of bound to the West coast because anything else is you might as well go to Japan. Even if it's, you know, if you're crossing the Rockies, it's like, that's a real ordeal, especially like when I was growing up. Um, So it was our vacations were car trips up and down the coast. And at one point in time, we went up to Willits and there's a fort there. And you, you, uh, you can either go via the fort or go in, uh, through the actual forest area. But there is a very slow steam train, a logger train (laughs) called the skunk train Ah. that, that runs the river logging route through the, uh, through the forest. And it is, it's, it's just, there's no, it's, there's no other experience. Like it's just, it is a unique thing all its own. And it is beautiful. And it is, um,
2: how slow is it?
0: It's pretty slow. Like,
2: uh, Five miles an
0: hour? I don't know. Miles an hour slow on trains. It's slow. It's not. You know, Five you, kilometers you get an there. Hour. You get there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know train speeds, man. <laughs> but it's it's slow and it's open car, so you ah. can. There's closed car and there's open car. So in the open car, you're. I mean, you're right on the cliff. You're looking down on this beautiful rivers going doing the thing, and you're. You know, oh it's great. Wow. So I, I encourage everybody say, so like, please, please, please go experience that because it's like the only place in the entire country that you can really have that experience.
2: Skunk train.
0: Yeah. Now
3: I'm going to write that down.
0: Yeah. Is it – that's still – I don't know. Maybe – yeah, I know you're not the board of tourism far, over there. But.
3: Right. As far as I know, it's still going, which is a little surprising. But yeah, it's it's been going forever and uh, it gets you deep in the heart of the Redwoods. It's amazing, mm-hmm. isn't it?
0: I love it. Um Anyways, and you know what's crazy? It was when I was a kid, I had, um, uh, it, you get to, when you go on trips and stuff, you always try to get your parents to get souvenirs. We didn't have a lot of money, so and souvenirs were never really a thing that we got, <laughs> but I managed to save up my um, taking out the trash money and all that stuff, and I got a tiny little, like, pirate cap gun. I kind of had a little collection of them. And I was like, "Pew, pew, pew!" And this branch knocked it out of my hand. And I was like the saddest boy. And you lost Aww. it on I lost the skunk it train. On the skunk
2: train.
3: Oh
0: no! <laughs> yeah, nah. but but to prove how great it was, I was like, "Doesn't matter. This is the best." So, <laughs> <Yep. Nah>. anyways. <laughs>
2: So same here. We did not have a lot of money growing up, and on uh, somewhere I have a box of all the you know the pennies that you put in the little machine that smashes it and makes a design oh, yeah. on them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean that's that was our souvenir. I think it cost a dime at that time, or fifteen or twenty cents, and then you put a penny in, and then you got a penny out.
0: Yeah so that's cool yes a little bit of uh, narration here Billy is actually going to be he's working on a little thing here we in the past we referenced that we got the Duesenberg trim and then the generic I guess eBay trim version of that and um, so he's got two of the exact same roughly exact same model guitar here pretty close they're both reverends and they're both uh, what, what model is this Billy they're
1: exactly the same model
0: this is a Charger 290? The, the, yeah, two, we've got two Charger 290s here. And he's got a Duesenberg on one, and he's going to put the uh, eBay version on the other one. And we're just going to see which one is better. There's like a, I guess about a $40, 50 40 $50 price difference. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst thing in the world to have that price difference, but, you know, just chicken, you know? So you, you'll hear a little bit of background kerfuffle, um, but... Um, Bear with,
3: bear with us while we're under construction. <laughs> <laughs> the mod shop is open. Now. Yeah, yes. exactly.
0: All right. So, anyways, uh, I wanted to call out uh we've got a brand new executive producer. Love it. David Tyndall. Uh, we're guessing we're we're going with Tyndall, uh slightly more weighted A on that one. Would yes. you say?
2: Yeah, because it's a D-A-L-L.
0: D-A-L, yes. Anyways. As with everybody that signs up, we ask him a couple questions. And uh, David, I'll I'll call him by his actual first name. He's a grown man. Um, He said, uh, Oh, I play a lefty American pro strat two or a pro strat. Uh, And he with a smiley face because he knows right up your alley, Todd. I'm not a strat guy, Um, but lefty. Oh, yeah. Got a that's that's one more out there. Yeah, it's not too many. Um, He uh, stomp XL through a bugera v22 he said the laughs and team cohesiveness uh is what basically got him hooked and um he says uh he uh i'm a retired army that door dashes for capital gas money (laughs) and at first i was like dude that's kind of sad he's like you know for gas money oh wait get acquisitions yes indeed. he's got the (laughs) fever he's got the fever uh, anyways, he's, um, let's see, uh, uh, he was searching for the apps and, I uh, felt it was time to return the favor. You guys have brought many hours of joy, laughter, and interviews to, into my laugh, into my life, life, probably, maybe. I haven't thought about making up a would you rather, uh, maybe I will think about it whilst, and at the same time. Yes. On my countless hours driving. So, Thank you, David, for joining our group. We're really excited. Welcome aboard. We'll get some awesome reward package out Mm. to you, okay? We need to find out what's going on in our music worlds this week. We're going to start out with the lovely, Mm. the wondrous, the bespectacled,
2: and besmirched
0: Tanya Bolonsky sitting across from me, and then we're going to check in with Barry.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a fair plan. Will we talk to, to Billy, too? We will. Oh, yeah. And then you'll After you'll Barry. have something to talk I'll have about. Something too. Okay, good. I just didn't want to do it all by myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Okay, go ahead. So uh, this week, um, <laughs> I'm gonna. This is gonna be a gripe week because I am just disgusted with the price of paint.
0: I like, like house paint.
2: No, well, colors, I'm talking about the paint I paint. use at the shop. I use automotive. I use automotive. I use automotive lacquer, uh, and that's mainly for guards that I cut out of clear. Like paint. And I shoot. Well, there's some similar oh. things in there that I shoot on the backside, uh, kind of like old Gretsch guards or Rickenbacker guards and that sort of thing. When I first started doing this, I could get a, and I I, I do it in small batches, so it's just not worth. You know, doing a you know setting up a spray gun and, and doing it that way. So I use rattle cans, and that generally works pretty well for me. And when I first started doing this, I could probably get a can of of auto touch up for five or six bucks. And then within the last couple of years, it was like ten bucks a can. Still, you know, not not uh, not great, but not painful. Um, I just went to buy some. Uh, at an auto parts store and it's now $15 a can. So I found some through uh, one of the automotive uh, performance stores and they had a, you know a decent price. I think it was like nine or 10 bucks. I said, well, that's better than 15. So I ordered a dozen cans. Well, they said, oh, it's back ordered and uh, we're expecting it sometime around April 1st. I said, okay, I can wait that long. So, um, April that- Fools, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Billy. And so, uh, so finally, I got noticed that it shipped today. Now it's what May second, and uh, you know, it's just crazy that paint has gone up this 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 much. And it's not just lacquer. Um, a good friend of mine, Bill Crook from Crook Custom Guitars. Uh, uses primarily poly finishes and the automotive poly that he uses he says is about five or six times as much as it was just a few years ago so it's it's just becoming and i'm sure barry you you know the the finishes that you do um i'm sure you're you find that paint is is not the not the bargain that it once was (laughs) So that's my gripe for this week. I mean, uh, it's, you know, people wonder why things cost what they do. And it's all these little bits and pieces. And in this case, you know, it's a $10 or a $15 can of spray paint that, you know, adds to the cost of the product. Is it a specific color that's a problem? Well, mostly the it's a, gold, was what I used. Uh. You know, it's like a sunburst gold metallic. Um, I mean, I can get some other good substitutes for a little less money, like black lacquer, white lacquer, silver lacquer. But the gold is the tricky one, and I, you know, I use a very specific one to match up with vintage guards. Mm-hmm. So. Indeed. So there you go. That's yeah. That's my music world this week. Well, and for
0: Barry's edification, uh, can you explain what you do, Tony? And maybe even first-timers.
2: Well, you know, Todd, I had actually already talked about that, where I shoot the backside of clear.
0: Yeah? Um, well, yeah, but I mean, that's specific to oh, the thing you were talking about.
2: Oh, what I do for a living? <sighs> Yes, I make custom pick guards.
3: <laughs> there you go.
2: Great. So I do a lot of Gretchen Guild and, and Rickenbacker replacements, in addition to other things and gassed out archtop ones. Oh boy, yeah, the archtop <laughs> ones. Those are those are. I've got yeah, I've got some in the works right now. Yeah, but and, yeah and and awesome
0: uh, guitarist from Valentinos. Oh yes, pick cards, from yes.
2: from Yeah, I I I you know, I'm going to have the you know in my uh, in my memoriam, I'll so, say uh, in the wall of fame. Pick guard provider to, <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, Todd yeah. from the my, Valentinos. You got to hang my
0: picture <laughs> in your bathroom. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> I write in the urinal. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh,
0: Barry, let's hear from you. What's going on in your music world this week? Maybe that doesn't have to do exactly with building guitars.
3: Well, I actually kind of had just a fun experience. Uh, went to see a band two nights ago, and and uh, some guy comes up to me and recognizes me in the club, and is super happy to see me. And it turns out he's a uh, maybe a beginning pedal builder. Oh, cool. So he runs out to his car and he gives me one of his pedals to try out. Nice, so I got fantastic. Like a, right, I mean, how cool is that? I Go to a club to see a band and come home with a with a cool Germanium boost pedal. Nice, made by a guy that lives like the town, next town up. Who, who is it? Wait, I have to get the name. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, it's called Freestone, and he's on Instagram. We'll have and to check uh, out. yeah, and uh, I'm digging the pedal. It's really cool. And yeah, you know, how often does that happen, right? Yeah. Hey, I think I know who you are. Check out my cool pedal.
2: That's really that's that's kind of a neat so thing. It was really nice. Yeah, I love that.
0: Freestone, all right. <laughs> Gonna have to check it. So that's right. It's Freestone. Freestone, like yep. the peaches.
2: Yep. What? Yep. Freestone peaches. What's a Freestone peach? The p- pit comes right out.
0: What? Are you making this up? I've I never am not heard of Freestone
2: peach in my life. Oh my god! And and you have family in I, in Georgia. Well, they didn't.
0: We're not from there, I mean, well. and Georgia peaches aren't even good peaches aren't even from Georgia. That's just the marketing thing. Anyways,
2: it's true. It's Look true. it up. Freestone peach. <laughs> Freestone peach. One hundred percent true. You can, you can cut the peach right on the on the on the on the crack. Yeah, and cut it open and twist it, and the pit comes right out. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, you have me.
0: Uh, I'm. I'm all lathered up about these peaches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then you you take the pits out and then you grill them. Yeah. Put them on your grill. Oh, a, okay, yeah. And then serve them up with ice cream? The pits? No, the peaches. <laughs> oh Why my god. Barbecuing a pit. No, you barbecue the peach in the pit. Not nah, the pit goes in the trash. No, a barbecue pit. You could use a barbecue pit or a grill. Your choice. You uh, yeah, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? Uh,
0: anyways, um, Billy is hard at work, and and, and we're gonna ch- we're all gonna ch- go and check out Freestone. Make sure we do that. Aside from all this nonsensory you just heard, uh, Billy, <laughs> did we get you, did we catch you at a bad time? No, you caught me at a perfect time, Todd. Perfect.
1: Here's why. Here's my guitar week. Yes. Um. I am doing a little experiment on uh, what was known one time in the 70s as Les Trem, L-E-S space T-R-E-M, Les Trem. And it was a tremolo designed for Les Paul oh, with yeah. a stop tailpiece. okay? And it had a little spring-loaded thing that you would uh, kind of, like, stick onto the guitar and then... Um, Had a little, had a little, um, little whammy, you know, and it worked tremendously. And I don't know uh, why they stopped making them, or I don't know they were just really hard to find. And then finally, um, maybe 10, 12 years ago, uh, Duesenberg came up with um, a version of the Le Le Trim, yeah, and it's a wondrous device. It's
0: not Le Trim. It's the the spelling
1: is les, L-E-S. yeah,
2: like less trem, yeah, but yeah. it's not. I'd yeah. like more trem myself. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, what I'm doing, I and I and I install those Dusenberg tremolos on. You have a whole box of them here. Oh it's my god! I've I put them on like a dozen or more guitars. Yeah, and I love it. And um, it gives you the tremolo. It's almost like a Bigsby feeling. And uh, it's simple to install. And put it on any stop tail. You can put guitar. It on anything,
0: any stop tail piece guitar. And it doesn't. Uh, it's not destructive.
1: Not destructive. You can take it back off, and there's no holes. There's no drilling. There's no nothing like that.
2: Yeah. Uh, Do the, they come with uh, U.S. and metric? Uh, well, screws. Good
1: systems. Yes, the D- the Duesenberg's come with. Um, Either. Two different post styles, yeah, and uh, the one's metrics, one, one's American threading, and also several um, little washers that you can use to build up build okay. heights, so you can get all the all the right angles. Um, yeah, you know, to uh, to made up
0: with your your particular. But the um, one that you're putting in today yeah. is the is, is like I mentioned at the beginning here. Yeah. Um, that's the ebay one that i got it's a
1: generic ebay one yeah uh that was about so a half the a half the Chinese cost of food. of the Duesenberg, uh w- which the Duesenberg is also uh manufactured by a company called goldo goldo g-o-l-d-o okay oh um yeah so they're, so if you they're, find they're the Goldo the same, one yeah they're, then, the same you know, yeah they're the same thing they're the same thing it's just a different, they, different name those come from france I believe, yeah, they're I believe all that's shipped correct. From
0: France. I believe that's correct. Just like the original Le
1: Gauldo.
2: Le- yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we thought that would yeah. be a really neat experience because he's he's so familiar uh, yeah. with that actual piece of equipment. So seeing, well, what is this other one that's almost identical to it? There are some differences, but uh, can't yeah, wait to hear more different. about that. Yep. No, the the base plate is the is really the big one.
2: Oh, is it really? Yeah,
0: because the the um, generic one has a larger footprint. Not not huge, but larger okay. for sure. Specifically in the rear portion of that on the Duesenberg, it's sort of a like a just a, a subtle curve, mm-hmm. um, like a boomerang, right? So it's a single piece.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and it, it almost like if you took your stop tail and it was just bent a little bit. Okay. This one has a plate uh, that that sits that sits underneath that it. It has actually a little bit of like um. Well, kind of a triangular shape. Barry, you're yeah. kind of an engineer. Like it, it 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 posts out to like almost a triangular shape for uh, better stability. So I guess if you're like pulling it back, it's less likely to upend because it's got more of a. Uh, Lengthy footprint on the, on the uh, actual thing.
3: Sure, <laughs> that's the best response you
0: could have possibly given. That's a- <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. What he said. <laughs> yeah. What I said. What I said. Um, uh, if you, yeah, I'm not gonna try to re-explain. It. Don't worry about it. It's fine. All right, um, Todd. What's going on well, in your music world this yeah. week? Um, <laughs> So, I was recently talking about uh, the Fender pedal board that I got. I'm yes. really excited about it. It's super, they thought of all the great things about a pedal board and made it yes. cheap. And it's. I really like it. Uh, I ordered the in and out jack for that. Uh, so, you. Can, they have the holes already pre drilled. Oh, so yeah, yeah, put, yeah. You can put the uh, solderless, I said it right. You said it. The yeah. solderless nice. uh, in and out um, jacks. Yeah. Um, so those came to me, Those buggers are
2: expensive. Yeah. Those are 20 bucks a piece. Yeah. What the heck? That's like a third of the board. But when you think about it, it's like one long cable. I mean, it's it's all self-contained. That, that doesn't help me with the I know. money. Anyways. Just print your own. That's what I More
0: importantly, I, one of the reasons I got the board was because I needed a little bit more real estate, not lengthwise to put necessarily more pedals, but I was using this JHS switchback, which allows me to. It's just like a single click uh, looper, mm-hmm. essentially. So I can go, uh, you know, I can go with drive stack one or drive stack two, so gotcha. that I don't have to tippy toe all over the place. In the front, I like the idea of like, hey, I'd, I'd really like to be able to switch in and out of a uh, fuzz from my actual stack and not have to undo the stack to to do that. Uh, and so now I'm trying to find the right fuzz to go with the sound, which is a, hey, I thought I knew what it was. And now, now, uh, I've got cables and pedals all over
2: the phone. Well, I mean, you've got it. A half dozen fuzzes, don't you?
0: Well, it's a process, Tony. You got to plug it in. You got to play it. You got to go, hmm, is this good? I don't know. Do I like it? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> okay, and then I then I have to say, what if I do this one? And then you forget how the other one sounds. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, I'm I'm in the midst of doing that, and it's making me go, well, maybe there's other ones I should be considering out there that I don't have. Uh-uh. Yeah, the trap, the gas
2: mm, trap. They've got you.
0: Yes, they got your number. Um, and uh, so there. That's that's what I've been up to. But it's exciting. It's fun. It's, it's it, this stuff is so much fun. Like I. Can I think of a better time of my time spent than just sitting around on the floor with a pile of pedals going what does this one do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I could yeah, probably find so? some
0: better things to yeah, do. I don't know. But uh, yeah, know. Uh, hey, that's you Todd. Yes, that is me. Um Barry, are you do you like futz around with uh, you know the gear like that? Do you get deep deep into
3: it? I don't I you know the busier I get making guitars the less I actually play them Mm -hmm. so uh, it's kind of a it's an unfortunate situation but uh, it's just the way it is
0: yeah well fortune favors the people that are committed to it (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what they really meant to say back then Uh, whatever Caesar said that okay Tony, yes, Todd. You know what I need to put all these pedals and stuff together. I know exactly what you need. What
2: you need some tour gear design patch cables. That is absolutely correct. And I a have bunch some of on them, the way. And a bunch of oh, good, you all, did make an order. Yeah, I, I did, and I got specific
0: lengths too to supplement the crazy lengths that I already have.
2: Nice. So did you remember that when you after you go to your load up your cart and go to your checkout there's a place for a coupon code i absolutely did did you put in the guitar knobs i did so you saved an additional 10 percent. i did
0: wow and it's, it's wait a minute
2: what site where is, was that this located on
0: tourgeardesigns.com okay yep go and do that and in fact um i also got wind uh the great dr no sent me a note. hey i just oh. ordered my tour gear design patch cables to set up alan johannes's board so, hey, oh, nice. if it's good enough for Dr. Doe and Alan Johannes and, and me.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially you. You should go check them out, too.
0: <laughs> uh, so thanks so much to the guys at uh, Tour Gear for sponsoring our four on the floor. Go ahead, Tony. <clears throat>
2: Let me get a little bit of this.
0: That was a really good one. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor all right
3: barry from grez guitars what is your four on the floor all right number one blackstone appliances Ooh. kind of an overdrive pedal with two stages and some eq capability so you can kind of set it to be flatter or more mid-forward you That's- can kind of set one, one side to be like always on and just a little and one side to be you know really going for it yeah i think uh
0: the guy who re- who owns a studio here actually has one of those on his board. Oh, he does. Yeah. Um, the uh, The knobs are the the, the uh, potentiometer screws are kind of like set into the pedal. If I recall, is that correct? Yeah,
3: you have to use the tip of your pick to adjust them, so you can't change it once you find your settings you like. Which is you know kind of good, I guess. Yeah, you're not gonna kick it with your foot.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great sounding pedal, and it's um they're kind of unique in the pedal world just for the sound they have, the form factor, and the drop screws yeah. and everything is very it's, industrial. It's its own
3: animal. And uh I think if it, it, you can set it up so it sounds like an amp overdriving. Yeah. Uh, so it you, you know, it's it's not a, so much an effect as it is just sounds like your, your amp crank but you don't have to crank your amp.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it's it's a little bit uh <laughs> confusing because there's it looks like the screws are holding in the the faceplate. It's got like the old-timey uh, well, not old-timey. I mean, it's not like yeah. Bro Brother, Where Art Thou? But, um, like your
3: washing machine appliance. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. Pre-
0: <laughs> Pre-war era appliance and tooling uh, placards that are very popular in the pedal world. Um, and I remember looking at this thing. I'm like, where the crap are the and and john just sat there and let me fluster a bit and and he's like it's the screw heads you dope (laughs) Ah, right like there are no no knobs (laughs) yeah it's a little weird too because it's one of the few pedals out there that the the actual potentiometers on are on the ends of the of a horizontal pedal so uh it's not like in the middle where if you got a vertical pedal and you put the 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 foot switch Sort of at the base of it.
2: Oh yeah,
3: it's just kind of mid- it's a horizontal yeah, it's pedal. Midway, yeah, midway. Yeah,
0: and they're on the left side and the right side, which is kind of unique. And it's got top mounted jacks.
3: Yeah, the whole thing's a little peculiar, but it is. I dig it.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a it's a unique thing, um, and those are those are holding their their prices. That's a a moderately uh, price. That's a moderate investment. Some Not, yeah. not a deep, not, not so bad. Not so bad.
3: No, I've had it a long time. And I remember when I bought it, it kind of felt a little pricey, but doable, but that was a long time ago. It I've still had this is. thing a long time. It's yeah,
0: is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, those are, uh, running around like two fifty right now. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh, what's next? Next is the exotic effects SP compressor. The one with the little switch so that you can have, uh, low medium or high compression and a blend so that you can still have some of the clean uncompressed signal blended with the compressed signal yeah we uh, it's a mini pedal like yeah we're
2: we're fans of the uh um the EP. ep boost yeah yep and um uh, and i've i've been tempted to to check out the sp and
3: they have one other one that's asleep. i didn't
0: know about i honestly didn't know about the uh, the the blend that's really cool i love a blend knob
3: yeah, I, I actually use it on its lowest compression and like 50-50 blend, and it's it's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, if you want something super compressy, it'll do it, but that's it's not really what I need, so. Yeah.
0: Well, you're not doing 80s movie themes, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean.
3: <laughs> although that is kind of the rage right now. So. <laughs> um, no, it's, it sounds like if you record it in a studio and they put on some slick compressor just to tighten things up it sounds yeah. like that yeah yeah
0: that's good that's good
3: how about number three okay so I'm kind of into reverb so number three is Carl Martin's headroom pedal which is a giant pedal board spring reverb uh, with two different sides so you can kind of there's a there's a like a mix and a tone and then you can toggle between so you can kind of set one a little like darker and less and one a little more and splashier mm-hmm And it's a real spring reverb and it sounds really, really good because I don't actually love the super clangy Fender reverb. Some Uh some of them, they sound a little bit too much like just sheet metal rattling to me. Some of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, So this is just a a little warmer. I also favor a non-Fender-y reverb uh, for for the core of my music. And recently I made a... Uh, a song where I said you know what I'm going to go to the deep dark dank depths of the reverb tank for this one and and I was kind of in uh, unfamiliar territory and it took me a while to kind of really dial in that specific sound but that's where you, that's where you need- hold on Billy let me turn you on <laughs> that's where you
1: need the surfy sound yeah. swell pedal it ah. goes with the reverb unit and it lets you focus on that sent that that mid frequency to highlight
2: where the reverb really kicks in ah, you can gotcha. fine tune yeah the sound i like yeah. that now i have one of the Carl martin uh, red repeats pedals which is uh that's has a great re- delay yeah it's well it's it's a, it's 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 not it's got one or two really good sounds it just sounds good It that's sounds like it, it sounds it, like a it, there's no whiz banger yeah, to it slap back echo sounds great Uh, some of the other stuff, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch, but you know, it's one of those old pedals that just still sounds pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, um, when you got the headroom, did you think it was a tape delay?
3: No, I knew what I was getting. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for, um, a spring reverb sound that I liked. Cause like, again, a lot of them I don't like. Right. The, well, the
0: reason I ask is if you look at the, if everybody's looking this up right now, it looks like what a lot of tape. Um,
3: oh, the pack the form factor echoes, is like big and horizontal. And the name is confusing, that. right? The name doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what that's about. Right.
0: So. And it's got the, the little function, the little extra bits on the front where you can adjust.
3: I'm assuming that's where you adjust the springs. Um, It's to lock the springs. Cause they're, like I don't go anywhere with it, but if you were touring with this thing, I suppose you'd you'd be able to somehow lock the springs so they're not just rattling down the road.
0: Oh, yes. I like that action. That that's that makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense, like a drum. Like a drum. Yeah. The bottom of a drum. For all of you guitar players, there's a thing on the bottom of a drum that makes <laughs> it sound like a a snare, but rattling around, and you're like, "Stop rattling around if you're just talking." And then you lock it drummers. Go check them out. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Guys that like to hang out with musicians. Yeah. Check <laughs> it out. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: There's <is> drummers. <laughs> Anyways, uh let's go to number 4. Oh, by the way, let's see how much those are about 280 right now. Secondhand? Um uh, or new. No. Nope, at from Carl Martin it looks okay. like. Okay.
3: Okay. Uh, I think I bought mine secondhand, but
0: you know, let me let me see. No, that's on am. Amazon. That's on Amazon. 279. Kind of shocked that you can find that on Amazon, actually. I'm not trying to look there, everybody. Don't hmm. throw stones at me. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right. Four onward. Proarsome, number, as the British number, say.
3: <laughs> number four is another reverb pedal. Ooh. The uh, new neighbor, uh, Wet.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh. That one creeps up every now and again. That's been on the show a couple times.
3: Yeah, and I like them in tandem because uh, I can set the new neighbor to be kind of dark with very little pre-delay. So it just makes the 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 sound more just bigger and fatter. And and then it goes away and you're left with the spring tails, which is really cool. mm. Uh, Because the spring has like a little pre-delay built in, right? It just takes a minute to get those springs going. It just naturally has some pre-delay, and I fill it in with uh, the new neighbor.
0: Now, that is also – well, actually, I feel like when that first came out, that was pricier than it is now.
3: It was a little pricier back then. I mean, I've probably had it for, I don't know, eight years, maybe something like that. It's been around – around here a long time. Cause he didn't have quite the offering that he has now. Like back then there were like two or three pedals maybe from him.
0: Right. I think the one that he, uh, the immerse kind of put him in the like, Oh, well, okay. That's a, uh, the, emo, the immerse and the iconoclast. Those were the two that, that kind of were out uh, roughly at the same time, I believe. And, um, uh, they were, they were very European and very, precision and very like that's gonna that's expensive um but you knew it was gonna do the thing it, it's kind of it's kind of weird it's like um am i am i doing it am i saying it right am i way off you can tell me you can tell me barry what am i uh, like the description of what what
3: yeah. oh well yeah i mean i think the i don't know the other ones the immerse and the, the you know i i went for the uh wet because it has it's stereo or mono mm-hmm. and i and it's a real stereo, right? It isn't just some simple little algorithm, and and it um, is, I think, like almost again, like studio quality. Like I, I, I guess I really like good sounding reverbs, and this yeah. thing sounds like a serious piece of gear. Yeah, and
0: that's kind of where I was going with the um, uh, with the form factors. Like at the time all the boutique guys were coming out and it was all about like crazy graphics and, and, uh, goofy knobs and, you know, all the things that can do like a million things. And, um, and their offerings were, they were like adult pedals, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's just like, it's like an Audi or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just a quality to it. Like I would have friends that are, like really good studio engineers come over and they'd listen to it and they'd smile. They're like, Oh, that's a good sounding reverb. Right. And these are guys who know what good sounding reverb sure. sounds like.
0: Sure. Yeah. If the, if the people who are recording stuff say, Ooh, that's good. You know, you got a winner. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this has been great fun learning about your pedal, uh, delights over there. And, uh, we got a couple, we got a couple ones that we don't really have on very often. And, and, um, uh, a couple of new ones, I think. So that was really fun. Um, just out of curiosity, Barry, what kind of music do you tend to play yourself?
3: Um, I would say regular old rock and roll, you know, nothing, nothing to uh, genre specific. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, let me uh, tickle that a little bit more. Uh, let's say, Tickets and um, living or dead doesn't matter. What are your top three shows that you'd go that you would want to go to this year?
3: Oh, if I could just pick anybody, anything, huh? yeah,
0: yeah, anybody, anytime. Whoa, you got
3: front row that is too hard. Oh my gosh, well, that's
0: why I gave you three.
3: <laughs> you can do it. All right, you gotta bear with me. I gotta. Let's see. Let's see. How about something non guitar related?
0: Sure. Like, this isn't like, going on your LinkedIn, so it'll be fine. Like,
3: <laughs> like I've never seen Elton John. Oh, yeah. That would go. be
0: something, right? Yeah, like uh, late 70s or 80s era, maybe.
3: Yeah. But probably yeah. Not the
0: Disney era, right? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> let's, let's be
3: honest. And I, all right. And then uh, this is not deep thought, but I, I never got to see uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan before he passed. And I think that would be a spectacle, to, like whether you're a super fan of his or not. Just oh, the, yeah. Just the prowess, like to see him. Some of the videos I've seen of him playing live is just intense. That yeah. would be cool. Yeah. That would be super cool. Uh, dipping into the dead category. Okay. Uh, one more, huh? Um, hmm. John Lee Hooker. Really? Okay. That would be cool. Yeah, John Lee cool. Hooker. In
0: a in a real small
3: place. In a really, it would have to be a super small little place, exactly. Little club. Believe it or not, I saw John Lee
1: Hooker in a super small place called really? Stashes. Stashes. On High Street. Stashes. In Columbus. Huh? Yeah. It was really cool. Needle. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So great, great
1: one. I love that.
0: Was it? Was it I'm like on a, your page, Griz? Was it like a sleeper <laughs> thing, like where the, the the place wasn't full up, or was it like people were out the door?
1: Mm, it was packed, but it wasn't too packed. Yeah, it was really cool. It was right, it was after the Blues Brothers movie, so it would have been like maybe a, a eighty. Five eighty-six, something like that. Yeah, you know. So people knew who he was by that time.
0: Yeah. Again. Again. Again you know, probably for like the third time. Yeah. Because right. there, because there was the Stones, gave him a little bit of extra life there too. Exactly. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, that's a, that's a really nice spread. Nobody can argue with that. That's fantastic. I like that. Thank you, Barry. That helps us <laughs> understand know you a little bit more, right? Yeah. Um. All right, and uh, one more. What it, it, Somebody's making a sandwich for you. What, what kind of sandwich is that going to be right now? Don't think too hard. What is it? It's a
3: Reuben. Well, okay. Oh, nice. See? We're getting to no berry here. This is great. Uh, you know, Charlie what, Hooker. What meat? I love it. Oh, <laughs> well, I the, get the those Pol- two confused. The Polish guy is
0: getting riled up
3: meat? Yeah. Right, so it's normally either... Uh, Corned beef or pastrami. Corned beef or pastrami.
2: But there are some... <laughs> questionable Rubens that use turkey. No. Why would you do that? That's just that a turkey sandwich with salad <laughs> dressing.
3: Yeah, and sorry, no.
2: <laughs> so I guess it's corned beef or pastrami.
3: It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so expert to know which is better. Hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. just
3: a good Reuben. Do you like pepper?
0: Pepper, <laughs> like salt and
3: pepper. Yeah. yeah, like a
0: like a pepper cured
3: one. Yeah, well, sure, pa-
2: pastrami, absolutely. Because yeah. pastrami <laughs> has a big coat Uh, of pepper on it. Yeah.
3: I think anything with peppercorns on the outside is probably good with me.
2: All right. Yeah. You got a pastrami uh, Reuben heading your way. Rye? Rye? Well,
3: you got to have rye. Well, of
2: course it's rye.
0: I mean, you would think that, but people mess around with these things.
2: Now, seedless or seeded? Oh, seeded. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. For sure. Seedless is so much better. what? Yeah. What th-
3: what idiot. seeds on rye bread? I'm confused. Caraway
0: seeds.
2: Caraway.
3: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah gotta have. Ooh, it. Ooh. I don't like caraway seeds. Dark rye, mm. dark rye. None of this light rye stuff. Mm. How about yeah. how about the marble rye? Okay, we'll I'll meet you in the middle. I just <laughs> bought some a loaf
1: of mock rye at the farmer's market. Amazing, gluten free, but it has the caraway seeds. Yeah, so I like yeah. that. I I like and that. a little bit of chocolate.
0: <laughs> that's weird. Well,
1: okay. Yeah, it is, okay, weird. So it is weird. Well, that's I mean, how you how make do you, how do you make rye without rye? Well, I mean, that's that's
2: pumpernickel. Pumpernickel has I mean, cocoa, I mean, cocoa yeah. in it. Yeah, that's there what makes it dark brown. Mm. Yes, and nickel. On this how week's bread that. podcast. Okay. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, <laughs> we've got right. we, uh,
0: Billy, can you uh, can you hand me the the grez real quick here? Oh, geez. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special instrument here. Barry was so kind to send this guitar to us. And we're gonna have to get it on its way to a, the next person who gets to be bedazzled by this thing. So we've got this beautiful black, light as a feather. It is so crazy picking this thing up, seeing how light it is. Um, and what is the model on this one? Tell, tell us all about the, what we have here. It's, it's a Mendocino. Okay. Uh, Mendocino County, I'm assuming.
3: That's, yep. Yeah. And the town of Mendocino, yep. which is north of me, just, uh, uh, well, it's three hours north. It's a ways, but but uh, so the, uh, the top on that guitar is Reclaimed Salvage Old Growth Redwood. Hmm. And a lot of that would have come from Mendocino, right? That's where a lot of the sawmills were. So that's where the name comes from, right? It's named for the place where the wood comes from. Yeah.
0: Wow. And then the and then the top of that. What's the uh, what's the body of the guitar made of?
3: <laughs> the body is a one-piece Honduran mahogany, and so is the neck. So it's a big chunk of mahogany that's hollowed out into a semi-hollow.
0: Right. And then the the Honduran is lighter than the African mahogany, isn't that what you were saying, Tony? Yeah, yeah
3: African mahogany typically yeah, is pretty heavy. heavy.
0: Yeah, that's
2: what I got. <laughs> And it's actually – it's that's kind of a misnomer because it's known as African mahogany, but it's a completely different uh, species.
3: Okay.
0: Well, all right. We'll get – we'll bypass that altogether.
3: Um, <laughs> we, we could just generalize. It's mahogany. Yeah, it's mahogany. And that's okay. We don't have to get too specific. So and, mahogany neck, mahogany body, super hollow with a redwood top.
0: Nice. No, it's super hollow, uh, but is it is it like two big giant – swimming pools or is it like did you do a fancy routing like jigsaw puzzle
3: no it's it's um kind of like two big swimming pools i I guess you could say um because as the instrument gets small and this is a pretty small guitar it's hard to get it to it's hard to get it to want to resonate
0: it's about the size of a red special don't you think maybe
2: yeah, I mean it's it's I mean
0: Just, it's it's, it's in know, the roundabout so we can kind of wrap our heads around the people that yeah, can't mean, see it Yeah, I mean Les right
3: Paul-ish, now. it might be shorter but the same lower bouts but you know it's in that neighborhood right? It's yeah, not yeah. a giant yeah. instrument. Yeah, thing. like a Gretsch jet. I mean it's yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think it looks
1: like a I think it's a lot like the the old silver tone 1420 Stratotone. Oh, the
3: 1420. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of the old silver tones, I mean if we want to talk about the like the influence of its yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Right there's silver tones there's um the 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 uh not the you you were saying Hagstrom uh, earlier uh, but it's Chipser? not Hagstrom the club oh. Oh. um a Hoffner? Hoffner, thank you the Hofner oh, club you go. Oh yeah 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 has a similar kind of vibe to it totally um and then there was a a Dan electro model uh that had a let me think I think it was a of course, it wasn't real wood, right? It was some kind of Mason, veneer,
2: masonite, masonite. Yeah, yeah
3: but it, but it looked like uh, a walnut top with cream knobs. Oh yeah, the convertible. Yeah, there's it, there's a particular color scheme though.
2: Yeah, it's it's like
3: fake wood top. I, I've got one. Ah, <laughs> okay. And I, I just love the way that looked. I've never owned one, but yeah, you know, you can kind of see like the whole I wood music around the other day. Yeah,
0: did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So one of the amazing things about this, you pick it up. You go, holy mackerel, this might be the lightest guitar that's uh, lightest, well, one of the lightest guitars you'll ever pick up. Um, but it doesn't feel, sometimes light can feel cheap. This does not in any way, shape, or form no. feel cheap at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you sometimes you get, like, Dan Electros and stuff, and you're like, eh, yeah, okay. Uh, but, uh, this well, I guess there's a
3: difference between being light and being stiff. Right, and that's something that kind of comes from the acoustic guitar world. Is you know the materials need to be stiff and and light, not just light and floppy.
0: Yeah, well, there's yeah, and there's there's a lot of like uh, Japanese guitars and stuff that are like pretty lightweight, and you're like this just just doesn't feel like it's gonna like it was uh, got the right stuff to it. But this,
2: well, contrary, not to only
0: that, is it light, it balances so incredibly well. Yeah. The I mean, neck, there's, you, you, there's not a neck dive on it, which is uh, kind of
3: remarkable. Like how, help us understand that. <laughs> well, that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, right? Cause I feel like as a designer, as a product designer, whether you're designing a guitar or whatever, if you design a guitar that has neck dive, well, then you weren't done designing it. Why did you stop and go to market? You weren't done. If it's neck diving, it's your design's wrong still. So keep working on it. Hollow out the neck. Yeah. <laughs> Do something, right? I don't know. I Whatever love it you is. already. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is and awesome. That, that's
0: what he told us at NAM and that's when Billy and I just did the look that we just did. We did the same one when we were sitting there talking to you and we're like, okay. He's going to be great to talk to because he right. he gets it. He didn't yeah, just go yeah, like oh, yeah. I don't know, made a cool guitar. I yeah.
1: So well, and you've like, got those Wilkinson uh, tuners that are like old, like the old timey Gibsons. That's right. Yeah. So you know,
3: you, it's it's nice when things all come together, right? So those tuners have a real cool vintage look and vibe to them. They work well. They're reasonably priced, and they're lightweight. Right? You can't go hang some giant heavy tuner off the end of there. No can't do it you don't want to do that (laughs) you don't want to do that and uh and then the body is you know hollowed out but you know think about where you're hollowing it and where you leave where do you leave material um and then the tailpiece right you got that big stainless steel grez tailpiece on there yeah right that's that's cool from an aesthetic hopefully i think it is uh it's uh great for branding right the name's just out there every time you see the guitar yep and it's ballast. Oh. Right? It's 12-gauge oh, oh, stainless yeah. steel.
0: I said, yes, I thought you were saying it's balanced like it was oh. shaped. Well, it causes uh, balance because something. it is ballast. <laughs> yes, ballast. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Okay, got it, got
3: it, got it. Right. Yeah. It, right. That's, like it doesn't which have to be 12-gauge. That's different than most tail pieces like yeah.
1: That.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think, you know, some of the early arch tops would have had like these giant brass tail pieces, and one of the reasons they were so hefty was to help keep the instrument in balance. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm.
0: Well, you also have cool. some super lightweight pickups in here as well.
3: Yes, you know, those are. I mean, compared to humbuckers, those gold foils are probably. I don't know if they're half the weight of a humbucker, but they, they might be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the mm-hmm. one we have. Uh, you. Uh, this one. Has oh, that's the right. TV that one Jones. has uh, the TV Jones um, Darmans, or he calls them T the Darmans. Yeah. But they're also super lightweight pickups. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 See, uh, see, Tony, I knew what I was saying. Yeah. And. I love those DRMs like so that. So picture this surface mount piano gloss, black, beautiful guitar with a single white binding on the top. Yeah. And these two uh black um I guess what do you call them? Black face the, yeah. the blackface pickups. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, without even plugging it in, you're just like that's in a the, G in yeah. the
1: tuning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> G progress. It's a nice subtle F ah. hole too. It's a nice, subtle F-hole. Yeah. You know, it's it's just the one. Yeah. It's very nice.
3: Yeah. I think I I am a little picky about F-holes, so I'm glad you appreciate that. I am, too. I think a lot of F-holes are clunky and funky looking. Yeah. Yeah. Or diamonds. Yeah. (laughs) Right. They're not (laughs) F-holes.
0: Tony, I'm going to hand this over to you really quick. No. So as I don't want to anything that before that
1: <laughs> oh yeah billy billy
0: takes really good care of his instruments so um anyhow okay so let's learn a little bit we've talked about this this amazing guitar in front of us um and you know there were so many people i'm, I'm surprised we even got to talk to you at nam honestly because when we went over there your booth was slamming
3: it was rock and roll, and really I really
0: was. appreciate that you took the time to actually just say, "Yeah, let me tell you about this a little bit." And um, you know, we weren't um, uh, merchants who were going to be going like, "Oh, we need hundred of these in the store next week." You know, <laughs> so it's like we're just a couple of schmoes going like, "This is really cool. What is it?"
3: Yeah, that's what it's all about, though, right? Yeah, tell Spread us about the word. your
0: experience at Nam. What did you think? Was that your first run
3: there? No, um, normally I do summer NAM. I think that's a yeah. And you know, historically, I feel like that has been a better investment. It's a little for a small company. Um, fair, fair. Yeah, you know, it, it's easier to be noticed. Um, it's more fun less.
0: after the show, too. By the way, I yeah, think there's like a lot more the going on. Stuff is way more fun.
3: Yep. So I've I've had normally I would do a summer NAM booth, which of course I haven't done for a few years now. Yeah. Um, and those are always super successful. Um, and then at winter NAM, I would normally sponsor some concerts and clinics with some friends down there mm. and we'd put on a little show offsite and, uh, you know, and film it and have, you know, use that for kind of cool content throughout the year. Um, so I would always go to winter NAM, but I, I normally don't do a booth there. Uh, but you know, this year I, I was thinking, you know, has this been with COVID it, it it's probably been almost three and a half years since I had a booth at NAM. Right, since before COVID, all the way back to Summer NAM, mm-hmm. so it was kind of time, I guess, to to come out and, and well,
0: uh, show the wares a little bit. We certainly are glad you did, uh, because uh, that turned us on to you, and we got to meet you, and now we've got this gorgeous guitar in front of us, and we're going to find and, out about your story.
3: And that's that's the reason I go, right? I mean, to to put these things in people's hands. I, yeah, I, I think. I think that it's not to
0: get a $20 taco bowl
3: (laughs) (laughs) bad coffee. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Yeah. I I think, uh, it, uh, just like you're experiencing the, the instrument and and how it's just maybe a little different than others. Yeah. Um, you can't really fully convey that on a website. No, 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 no. (laughs) So once in a while you got to get out and put it in people's hands and, uh, and the show was great for that. It was the booth was super busy. Um, I definitely felt like it was a little more serious this year. I, I think Nam was being stingier with passes, so they, they either cost more or, as a vendor, they gave you fewer passes with your booth. Hmm. So there was maybe less riffraff running around because yeah. there were just fewer passes. So it seemed like everyone I talked to was serious in yeah. in one way or another. Like it wasn't a lot of time wasting happening.
0: I think that what you just brought up is a valid point. Sometimes we're like, why is it cost so much? You know, but uh, you just pointed out something that can also make that experience uh, kind of annoying. If you, <laughs> if you're like, if you do have just a bunch of uh, people who are there for just like, you know, something to do, um, <laughs> that can, yep. you know, th- that, that crowds everybody else out. So, uh, I didn't mind the cost yeah. of the ticket. So,
3: and hey, I met
0: met you guys here. I am. Show was worth it, right there, huh? Bada bing. <laughs> um, so let me understand where you. How did you fall into the guitar making business? Where go for it?
3: Oh yeah, I'm gonna try to summarize and just say that uh, I've always made my living as a product designer or designer in some way in the audio industry. Oh. So I used to design speakers for a living. I used to design, you know, equalizers and amplifiers. I started out as an electronics designer, actually. Okay. um, And transitioned into into being a speaker designer. um, And then later just became an acoustical consultant. I stopped doing products and was just, you know, working on rooms, uh, spaces, concert halls, uh, basketball arenas, whatever. And and I've always, of course, been a guitar player. And a hobbyist woodworker, right? I've had a table saw a sander and a few random woodworking tools in the garage. And one day I just thought, you know, I know about product design and I know about acoustics and sound and I know about guitars Mm -hmm. and I know about woodworking. That's kind of like all the stuff you need to maybe make a guitar. Mm -hmm. So I made one and it came out all right. So I made some more. What was the first model you made? It was an acoustic guitar, an OM style uh, steel string flat top acoustic. I actually started out making acoustic guitars, and then backed out of that a little bit. Yeah, that um, that, that you went right for it, didn't you? Yeah, it was that was the most fascinating <laughs> to me. It's it's funny because like designing a, a an acoustic guitar has a lot of parallels to designing a loudspeaker. You know, when you're designing a loudspeaker, every material has a sound. And you know you touch the cone of the of the woofer and you tap on the cabinet everything yeah. imparts something to the total. And an acoustic guitar is kind of like that too. Everything's resonating and thicknessed down so it it you know jumps at the right frequencies. and and uh, so I don't know, I just related to it really well. It was all topics that all made sense to me that I'd already thought about designing speakers or designing rooms. Now it's an acoustic guitar that we're designing right, right. But then I realized why would anybody buy an acoustic guitar from Grez right so there's this like this new company I've made three guitars or something like that right why would anybody care mm-hmm. and I couldn't come up with a solid reason. right i mean it's the the classic thing look yeah look i made a thing aren't i amazing yeah (laughs) somebody from a a product
0: design background um first of all you were like i know exactly how to do this (laughs) not i'm just gonna i'm not gonna be one of those other people that don't go into this with some foresight and then coming to that conclusion i bet that was um quite a quite a point in time where you're like huh there's not often that you, you probably felt like that as a product designer.
3: Right. It's sort of like doing something because you want to. Mm. And then it's like backwards, right? Then figuring out, well, but can I sell this? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of slowly transitioned into building the guitar you have in your hands now, because I was looking at what could I do that would be both interesting to me and maybe it would fill a niche and be different than other things. And like, what would be my reason to exist? And then in turn, maybe people would be interested in my product because it's just not another acoustic guitar, another Telecaster, another whatever. Right, right. And uh, I mean, that was kind of a long process, evol- uh, an evolution, if you will, over many years. I've been doing this for almost 15 years now, I guess. But uh, um, but that was kind of the thing is acoustic guitars were fun, but yeah, so I made a good acoustic guitar. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, then the next leap into you start making electrics, so yep, totally different thing altogether. That's like jumping from equalizers to speakers. I guess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and I, I I totally dig old arch tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so looking at like the old arch tops, which leads to you know like an ES three uh, fifty, you know eventually that gets thinned down to like a like a three thirty five, and just that whole evolution of the acoustic archtop becoming an electric archtop yeah. and then a semi hollow body and like that whole progression i think is super fascinating and that's kind of where i thought i could make something that was unique um because i feel like and uh you know what like an l5 is a gibson l5 yes yes okay like it's like truly an acoustic instrument it's carved arch top. Um, so, if we kind of like say that's our acoustic archtop, and then of course you have a Les Paul, which is your solid body, and then in the middle you have a 335, the semi-hollow body. Right. Except, really, the 335 isn't in the middle. It's much more like the Les Paul than it is the L5, Right. it's not that acoustic really. So my thought was, can I make something that's really in the middle? Can I make something that's much more acoustic, but still an electric guitar? And that's kind of the path that eventually led to what you have there, right? It's small, it's light, it's comfortable, but it it does this what is, for its size, a pretty giant acoustic voice, which does something to the electronic sound too, of course.
0: Right, right. There's a familiarity to it that doesn't feel like you're playing uh, something that is either... Archaic feeling. Um, as sometimes, if you pick up like a, especially like an older uh, jazz guitar, uh, it's there's something about it that's like I gotta, I gotta be careful with this, or <laughs> or the the only sounds that can come out of this are X, Y, right, or, or Z. That's right. It's not flexible. Yeah. Um, so you're you're bringing the elements that make those. Sound special and unique uh into something in a, into a more modern player's hands
3: yeah i think it's a it's a unique combination of things of sounds and materials and you know some people dig it and some don't and that's cool um you know luckily enough people seem to dig it that i get to keep doing it
0: yeah i, I believe you had a um baritone at the show yep. right
3: yeah yeah the baritone does pretty well for me actually um because every company has a baritone it's like the token baritone in the line uh-huh. but these are you know 500 800 instruments you know they're okay um they scratch the itch if you just want a baritone and you're going to use it once in a while but if you want a really good baritone the number of choices slims down pretty quick got it and and luckily i'm on that list so um, yeah, I, I sell a lot of baritones, strangely enough.
0: That's cool. Is it, I wonder if it is a, um, you know, every region has sort of musicality that kind of defines it up towards your way. Is there, a big need for baritones. I realize you sell them all over the country, but No,
3: as a matter of fact, you know, where I live is rural enough that I would starve if I tried to make a living off of the local market. Yeah. I mean, I do, you know, I do sell guitars in the San Francisco Bay Area and in the local market, but I'm not looked at the numbers. It's probably 5% of my sales. Okay. So it's not really a regional thing. You know, these are being sold, you know, there's the, the Interwebs. People are buying them sure, all sure. over the country yeah. and yeah. all over the world. Yeah. Um Where
0: are you getting some of your, uh, you know, we said something that feels familiar. There are familiarities about your stylings. Um, Talk talk to us about some of the things that uh, gave you influences.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, construction-wise, I feel like if you go all the way back to what some would consider the first modern electric guitar, which is the Bigsby Merle Travis guitar Mm -hmm. from 1949, I think. Right. Now, that's really a semi-hollow-body guitar. Um, and if you look at how it's constructed, and then you look at later guitars from like K um, and, other, and those sort of lesser brands, maybe, they're actually constructed similarly. They just weren't constructed well or with high-quality materials, but the, the idea behind their construction was similar. Um, So, like, I've got an old Harmony Stratotone here in the office. um that is in some ways like a mendocino it's hollow it's got a, a spruce top instead of redwood but you know same kind of idea it has gold foils on it it sounds absolutely incredible and you can't play it it's yeah. just it, you know the neck is useless yeah. uh, some of the frets are so high you actually go up a fret and the note doesn't change right <laughs> so, so it needs uh, like a whole yeah to yeah, so start from scratch on that it's a start from scratch exactly so but the sound is stellar. Yeah. So,
2: <clears throat> talking about pickups a little bit, I, I know a lot of your models do have um, have gold foils. Uh, I mean, what what would be what's your dream pickup to use on 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 one of your guitars?
3: Um, I would say in order, it's it's maybe gold foils and D Okay, like the one you have. Yeah. Which actually have a very similar quality. They're not the same, but they're definitely in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the Lawler gold foils, yeah. which have a little bit more meat to them than some of the more, tri- more vintage-correct gold foils.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: some of the more vintage-correct ones are a little leaner in the low end and a little more aggressive in the top end.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, where the Lawler is it's very gold-foily, but it's mm-hmm. almost like a little more balanced. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, they, they are definitely more balanced.
3: Yeah, so it's a little bit more like a like the D so we can almost call that a sound. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I don't make the that particular guitar with P nineties that often, but I do like P nineties a mm-hmm. lot.
2: Have you yeah. tried the um, um, the Lawler Broilers, which are kind of based on on Rickenbacker pickups?
3: I've never tried one of those. Yeah, I've yeah. used
2: I've used those in a couple of guitars, and they do have that same kind of. Uh, that Rickenbacker bite, you know, especially mm-hmm. early Rickenbacker, I, and I think that they're designed uh, that way so that they can, um, uh, you know, I guess reproduce the tone uh, without stepping on anyone's toes. Right <laughs> <laughs> in Santa Ana.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I've not tried those, but they they sound like they'd be like right up my alley. Yeah, um, you know, I like really sort of lightly or unpotted P90s that have a little more bite to the top end yeah not overly muted
2: yeah that's
3: and then and in
2: terms of you know like finish work i i know like the one that we have obviously has been done up is that is that a lacquer finish
3: yep it's nitro um sprayed here in the shop Mm -hmm. the that one is um i guess you know the the traditional way to do a black guitar you know if you go way back in time is with black lacquer right where i'm doing really a a black lacquer coat to color it and then clear coats over the top. Yeah, build it up that way. <laughs> build it, So maybe a little more uh, a modern approach, but still old materials. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, we spray them here. They got to hang around for several weeks to cure and then we yep. sand and buff them. And Yeah. Okay,
2: cool. Um, trying to think of some of the other particulars. I mean, you said, you mentioned earlier, you like the lighter tuning machines. It helps with the balance a little bit in terms of the weight of the guitar. Yep. Um, have you, you know, do you, on request or on other models, do you use a, um, you know, a, you know, like a sealed tuner or anything like that?
3: I will usually use anything somebody wants as long as it does, as long as it makes sense, right? It's not like going to screw something up or just totally out there. But um, I normally tell people, just tell me what you want. And I'll tell you if I can do it. Okay. Like I get people all the time emailing, well, what are my color choices? Like, no, 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 no. What's your favorite color? Tell me, and then I'll tell you if we can do it, you know? It's it's not so rigid, right? It's not like, here's our catalog of six options. You can only choose yeah. these six options. So yeah. No. What's your, like, coolest configuration? What do you just totally dig? Yeah. And then just tell me that. And maybe I can do it, maybe I can't, but let's start with that. Start with what you're, like, super into and excited about. Yeah.
2: And I think one of the really cool things that you know from from reading you know the information on your website and that is is the use of the of the reclaimed redwood, um, and uh, I think that you know it, it makes sense in terms of being ecologically responsible. Um, and, you know, it does kind of have a, a tone of its own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that it really plays into the equation. Well,
0: before you answer that, can you elaborate on, um, well, I guess your answer would be an elaboration on that, but, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I want to throw in a little. Can you give us the background on, like, what, why you chose to do that and uh, does it have any other meaning beyond that sonic value?
3: Yeah, I think... Um... Well, first of all, like in Northern California where I am, it's just the wood, right? Everything here was made of redwood way back when. That was just what we had. Um, So redwood is just everywhere. The redwood forests are gorgeous. Um, And so I'm kind of fortunate that... I have access to a material that everybody else has to go online and buy from some vendor who's curated it and put it on the website for sale. Like I can just go out and see a construction site where they're tearing down an old building or go to a local salvage yard and find some of this amazing wood. Yeah. So I have access to it, which is part of it, right? And if it was much harder to get, it might be more, it might change my feeling about it, Um, but I I can get it. Um, And then, you know, the, the fact that it is such a good Tone wood. I hope, you know, don't get ruffle feathers using that word. Right. All, all wood has tone, but you know, this yeah. wood has is very, it's a very toneful wood. How's that? Yeah, um, I like it. It's surprisingly light, which is, you know, right up my alley. Um, I think it's beautiful. I think it it also varies a lot. So, you know, you've got redwood that's much more beige and more red and darker and figured, and there's sinker redwood and Burl redwood, right? So it's not like, oh, we're just using redwood. We have one look. That's a surprising variety of aesthetics available with redwood. Um, and then th- there's also the fact that it is, at least the wood that I'm using, is uh, well seasoned or cured. Um, right? A piece of wood that is 100 years old sounds different than a brand new piece of wood. Yeah. Right. So I'm cheating a little bit. Like I'm making, like if you, if you, Play if you. I don't know if you played my junior when you were at the trade show, but if you when you play that junior, it does something in terms of its sort of vibrance and how much you know the whole thing is alive and vibrating that you might get from a vintage junior that's you know fifty years old because it's built from a piece of wood that's that is that old. It's even older, right? right. Most of these chunks of wood I'm using are a hundred years old. Um, so yeah, it, it imparts something. A hundred years uh,
0: out of the out of the. Uh, That's right. Growth stage. That's right.
3: Most, and and sometimes it's even more, but, but yeah, you could, you know, the tagline is kind of like, it was, it was a tree for a thousand years, a bridge for a hundred, and now it's a guitar.
0: That's your tagline.
3: Yeah. And that's that's kind of the deal,
0: right? Well, then that's what I mean. It's like, it's a hundred years old. Yeah. Once it became not a tree, but before that, it was a thousand years old. Really old old growth wood, which is, we've talked about this on the show. It's like, How much uh, is the sound, I guess, being impacted by new growth trees and, you know, all that stuff? Certainly the construction industry has suffered terribly.
3: Well, well, yeah. So, and it's not like old wood is amazing and new wood sucks. It's just with redwood specifically, the new wood is farm raised for like fence boards and construction lumber. Yeah. So, it's growing super fast. Right. And so, if you look at the growth rings, it's all just – Like summer wood, you know, you see those dark lines, like light, dark, light, dark, the growth rings. Yep. So in the really old wood, they're super tight together, and the wood is has a stiffness. And the new wood, they're so spread apart, the rings. It's kind of like gummy and soft and smushy, Mm -hmm. and so new redwood is terrible for musical instruments. Mm -hmm. The old stuff is great, but of course you can't cut it down. Right. So the only way you can get it is to reclaim it from. Buildings and bridges and things like that.
2: Interesting.
3: Um, but when you start talking about something more like mahogany or maple, like these aren't so different between the older wood and the newer wood, um, because it, you know, the old stuff grew unbelievably slow, and the new stuff is growing super fast with redwood. They're just so different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a new piece piece of maple. I mean, that's why people are torifying maple now, right? They're roasting it. They're trying right. to get. They're trying to cook it in a way that simulates being old. And, but the difference is nuanced, you know? And it, cool looking. <laughs> and, and cool looking, yeah. yeah. So the Redwood is just cool all around. The fact that it's reclaimed um, uh, is, me, is just a, like a good – a wonderful byproduct, right? Yeah. Let me ask um, –
0: I know a lot of the redwood there are, there isn't just one redwood forest there's a you know there's there's kind of spread out dotted dotting the northwest um yeah. and California specifically um and most of those are near the ocean yes do you what, what do you have a theory at all on does the do you think that the 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 salt air uh, the salt water affecting the actual growth of the tree has is is there anything to that
3: I don't know if it's the salt specifically kind of stunting the growth or because some of it is inland enough that it's not super heavily sprayed with salt yeah um but i do think it's the the competition for light right the old growth forests you know if you're walking around there on the forest floor it's pretty dark down there. It is. Right. These trees really block out the light. Mm -hmm. So I think they really are just competing for light and nutrients. And yeah, I think that's what it's about. Interesting. Okay, cool. Not exactly my area of expertise though. Well, I've always wondered that because
0: like there's not many trees that are, that you're used at least. Okay. I'm going out on a limb. and if I'm going way off board, please forgive me. But, um, I, I'm not a treeologist, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you were talking about maple and mahogany and stuff and, you know, I'm thinking, well, those are trees that aren't necessarily coastal. Um, right. so certainly there must be some element of difference, whether that comes out in tone, who knows, um, but, uh, just in its structure, it's, you know, it, it's, Different DNA made up of different uh, influences on on both those things, and then yeah, and and even even like um, you know we had um, Carmine guitars, uh, right?
3: He's using pine, yeah, of some sort, all
0: right? All old growth pine. So you guys are doing basically you're with the same mentality. He's using reclaimed pine from a hundred years ago, um, yep. from all the Bowery stuff uh, that that you know. And, and all these old, old, old buildings, planks, and all kinds of stuff. Um, and that has unique qualities that can't be found anywhere else
3: simply because of where it's at geographically. Yep. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I know. I totally dig what they're doing over there. And uh, it's, um, it's the same kind of vibe. Yeah, I mean, this wood is... Um, redwood isn't anymore but when i first i was going to say this wood is scrap wood to some people but now what people at least in northern california all get that redwood is cool and valuable but when i first started using redwood they were still taking buildings down and some of that redwood was just going into the chipper they were turning it into mulch to put into people's yards wow and now of Heathens. course th- yeah <laughs>
0: philistines yeah
3: But now it's like you go on like Craigslist and you get some guy. He's got oh, I've got a little sliver of old growth redwood. It's like gold. Yeah. Yeah. They're always everyone you know thinks they've got something super special. They kind of do, but
0: yeah, that's cool. Well, I appreciate the deep dive into that. I think it is a a a fascinating thing. We've never run into redwood, uh, you know, uh, based guitar. So uh, I think it it certainly is part of the story for sure um for your guitars um and the other guitars that are not semi-hollow um
3: are those also using yeah so the the junior which is of course a solid body is also redwood and it's it's a one-piece body so that's in some ways even harder to find to find pieces of redwood that are big enough to cut one-piece bodies out of right um and uh what i've been using a lot of lately is uh uh, bridge timbers ah. so the the boards that would have held up the roadway um i've got some that are like six inches wide by 16 inches tall like giant chunks of wood and they would have been you know lined up and the road went on top of that
0: yeah
3: and uh so those i can cut you know one piece bodies out of man wow and so not only is it super old wood and it has that really lively resonant quality because it's just so well seasoned but there's no glue joints
0: that's cool, yeah. Right, Super so, cool. yeah, that uh, helps. You have the uh, at least if you go and you you're Googling grez guitars, you have the the Folsom on here. Is this something that you're still making?
3: Yeah, yeah. So the Folsom is really just a different body shape, but it's the same idea. Yeah, you know, I I like probably most people love Telecasters. But I don't wanna make a telecaster, right? right. The, the world doesn't need me to do that. So that's kind of as close as I get to making a telly, right? Maybe a, telly- a,
2: maybe a rosewood or a redwood
3: uh telly would be. redwood telly. I I think I did one time make a Redwood Telly for a guy, right? Mm-hmm. When you're first starting out and somebody wants to buy a guitar from you, you're kind of like, I'll make anything. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, where now if somebody asked me to make a Telly, I'd say, you know, sorry, I don't. Make uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I think I did once make a Redwood Telly, but. Well,
0: and this one is, uh, you mentioned Bigsby earlier. This has certainly got a little bit of a,
3: oh, of it's a super, to Bigsby. Super Bigsby inspired. Yeah. So the, the shape of it is maybe not exactly, but it's pretty darn close to the shape of the original Bigsby and the Picard. Kind of has some swirls to it that kind of mimic the uh, armrest bevels that, that Bigsby put on his instruments. Right. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of Bigsby ish with a little telly thrown in and. Um, that's kind of its reason for existing I guess is yeah. to, for me to have something with a telly vibe that's not a telly. Well and this one
0: is especially interesting or at least especially because I'm I'm looking at three of them together. You've got one with the 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 short uh, sort sort of standard telly bridge on it. Oh the chopped telly bridge. Yep. The chop with the three yep. with three brass. And then you have the uh, larger aluminum trapeze style, aluminum Al- <laughs> aluminum this trapeze style, kind of like on the guitar that we have here. And yep. then you've got one uh, with the Bigsby on it, uh, with on a solid body with Telecaster. That one's a real mixed up kind of. Yeah, that, going that on. one.
3: That one might be my favorite actually, the one with the Bigsby on it. Just yeah. to, you know, to play it. Um, it looks but, yeah. cool. Super cool. Yeah. So those sell, I mean, that's not my big seller. It seems like I'm most, at this point, just become most known for the Mendocino. Yeah. So, and it's derivatives, right? So there's the bass version and the baritone and the this and the that, but they're all, you know, so the Mendocinos are probably what sell the most, but Folsom's, Folsom sell and they're cool.
0: Yeah. Um, well, certainly to somebody who is, uh, in, you know, I think California, we just had the, pleasure of when we were out there at Nam, uh Billy and I went to go see X and uh Ooh. and uh, also uh James Infeld I think that kind of vibe of music they they do like the Bigsby stuff yeah. the old timey you know cuff jeans and Bigsby's you know
2: Big, he got Bigsby's has its place
0: yeah for sure
3: yeah, yeah. do you know the builder TK Smith yes, yes. Yeah. So,
0: well, I mean, like, not personally, we're aware of him. but... Yeah. yeah.
3: So, like, what he does is, I think, you know, is super cool. And it's, it's maybe more, more uh, vintage correct than I want to be.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: But I respect what he's doing. It's, yeah. it's really cool. So, so my Folsom is maybe, you know, it's a nod. With, it's a modern nod. Know, yeah. You know, so like his is more of a, more of a copy of a Bigsby with his own style. Mine yeah. is, Less of a copy of the Bigsby. With well, that it, stuff. And it yeah. makes
0: sense because the people who he's making that stuff for, like everything they do has to be period correct. Correct. There's exactly. Like right. Yeah. Their lives are about the period correctness about right. that yeah. of that. Right. Yeah. So
3: I'm more loosely nodding to it versus <laughs> yes. totally committing to it.
0: <laughs> Only boots if they've been made by somebody's hands,
2: kind of thing. You know? <laughs> so on that same line, I noticed that you are now the keeper of the RC Allen. Uh, yeah, uh, molds. I guess they're te- technically yeah. molds. They and, are molds. Yeah, and, uh, and I think you procured those through Deke Dickerson, who yep. is, is is one of those guys that, that likes the TK <laughs> yep. Smith stuff without a doubt. Tony, um, you're you're you're
0: doing some deep cuts here, baby. What are you ta- what enlighten us?
2: So RC Allen was a uh, 1940s 1950s a uh, guitar pioneer in California who worked alongside with Paul Bigsby and uh, uh, Semi Mosley, I mean, everybody. I mean, in the, in the California guitar world, he was, he was you know, um, among the top. And uh, he, uh, in reading, you know, some of the info on Barry's site, uh, I saw that he is now the, the keeper of, of
3: the R.C. Allen molds, so, can you give us a little more uh, more detail on those? Yeah, so so RC built all. He was a guitar builder for so long. He built all kinds of things over the course of his career. He built banjos and acoustic guitars and just tons of things. Uh, but what I have are his molds for making arch tops. Mm-hmm. So I actually am able to hand laminate um, arched plates. Um, so like you know, like a like a three thirty five or a Gibson. Es five, right? That's actually a you might call it a plywood guitar, yeah. Mm-hmm. But plywood's kind of a, a coarse term. Um, you know, you are taking veneers and putting them in a form with some glue and creating uh, creating arch tops. And um, so, I do build on a custom basis arch tops for folks, and um, it's you know most of the people who want them kind of dig the fact that you know there you can get a custom made arch top. Um uh, by somebody like me for almost factory archtop prices. I mean, not to say that I'm selling these cheap, but you know some of the custom shop prices are getting pretty stiff these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and these have a kind of a unique sound and to the people who knew who RC Allen was, it's cool to be able to get something made from his tooling. Um, And so, you know, the the instruments themselves, there's various sizes, 15-inch, 16, 17, even 18-inch arch tops that I have molds for. Um, And these are kind of in the neighborhood of like a a Gretsch 6120 or a Gibson um, 175. I mean, none of them are exactly those instruments, but that's the kind of thing Mm -hmm. that I can make from these molds. Um, And uh, I probably build probably build four or five of those a year on a custom basis wow that's Um,
2: that's impressive i was gonna say one or two a year would probably be a pretty major undertaking
3: yeah it's i you know i probably i probably don't build any more than like six custom guitars a year like i mean fully custom like a steel string flat top acoustic or a nylon string acoustic or an arch top guitar um so super custom stuff and then The rest of it is more of the standard stuff, like highly customized, but standard, right? Right. Like like I can make a Mendocino in eight weeks and we can change the color and we can do the binding and we can make the neck fatter or skinnier, whatever you want, you know, eight weeks pretty much reliably. But these custom things like the arch tops are like a year and a half waiting list. Wow. Um, Because although I have help in the shop, um, I don't have help on those, right? They're kind of too custom. So those are just made by me.
0: That's really cool. And... With the the vintage uh, lineage, that just makes the instrument even that much cooler. Yeah. It's made of (laughs) unobtainium-ish stuff. (laughs) Well, Barry, this has been a a ton of fun learning about your awesome guitars and um, the craft and the care that you put into them, uh, which is so clearly evident the minute you you put your hands on one.
3: Well, I appreciate that very much.
0: You bet. Um, We are going to... Transition now into the the uh,
2: beloved
0: uh, <laughs> much beloved of our
2: show, uh, <laughs> unless you're trying to come up with one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: hey, and everybody's like, "What
0: are they always moaning about coming up with a, What'd you read? You know, we've now this is the 316th. Well, maybe not 316th, but uh, pretty dang close to that. Mm. Uh, would you rather? So, <laughs> help
2: us out. Yeah, send th- us some please. in.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get tired and dusty. You know, we want to. We want to keep it fresh. fresh. Yeah, and we got a couple people helping us out all the time. But you know, we need. they yes. We need to give them a break
2: too. Absolutely. So, Todd, as you alluded to, we have come to the part of the show. Everyone's favorite part oh, of the show yes. Everyone writes in droves About how much they love This part of yes. the show It's a little game we like think, to play Think the Christmas story A plus A plus a Plus, plus, a plus. plus, plus,
0: plus.
2: <laughs> So it's a little game we like to play Called Oh, would you rather? Yes, I think you either go flat on purpose, or you
0: just—that's
1: your jam.
2: Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, a little pitchy dog. Yeah. Um. So this week's would you rather? This is an this is a combination would you rather history lesson. Uh, because uh, just recently, in fact, uh, yesterday. Um, the, uh, world's record for number of guitarists in one place, uh, was set, uh, it was led by Steve Vai and my personal favorite, Michelangelo Batio, um, in Poland, of all places, and they had 7,968 guitar players playing, uh, the Jimi Hendrix version of Hey Joe. Oh, I thought you were going to say putting in a light bulb. Uh, well, yeah. How many <laughs> guitars does it take to change a light bulb? Yeah. <laughs> 7,968 said, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a cool thing. Um, uh, and you know, maybe next year there'll be 7,969. Yeah. So let me give you a little history on Hey Joe, because everyone thinks it was a Hendrix song, right? I don't think it was. Well, I'm glad you don't, Todd, because <laughs> uh, you'd be
0: dead wrong. Yeah, no, actually, I did hear some about this. Um, so, uh, Joe was a real person.
2: Well, I'm not. It might very well be. It, <laughs> it stems from um, in in 1962. The song was copyrighted by uh, an American song singer songwriter in England uh, called Billy Roberts. Um, In 1965-66, Tim Rose was playing his version of "Hey Joe" in uh, in New York City. Yeah, and uh, even before Hendrix recorded it, uh, they did. There were the bands. He was doing
0: it Rat Pack style, though, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. Hey, Joe, where you going
0: with that? Well, gun no, in your Hendrix. Hendrix's
2: version is slower than most of the other versions. Like there were the Safaris recorded it before Hendrix oh. did. Mm. Uh, Love the band recorded mm. it. The Birds did a version of it before Hendrix recorded it. And um, so uh, apparently, in around sixty-five, sixty-six, Jimmy was hanging out at uh, at Cafe Wa. In, uh, I've Greenwich. been there. Yeah, I've been there too, in Greenwich Village. And he heard Tim Rose do this song, and he started doing it. He was at that time in 1966. It was Jimmy James and the Blue Flames. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so here's your would you rather? A genie magically appears. Ah, the old genie. And the genie has a time machine. The purple genie. Yes. The big purple genie, the big purple genie, with the, with the turban. With the fez. Yes, yes. No fez. He doesn't wear this no. genie. Wears the big turban, turban. Yeah, okay. with the big ruby in the middle. Gotcha. Um, so he appears and says, "You look like a decent guitar player." <laughs> and I say, "Well, okay, yeah, maybe." Or yeah. you might be saying, "Yeah, of course I All am. Right. Of course I am. Of course." Don't I insult am. me. Um, he says, "I'm gonna give you one of two wishes." grant you okay. one of two wishes. Yeah. The first is, I'm going to send you to Poland, and you can play, and Steve Vai's going to call you up on stage, so you and Steve and Michelangelo Batio, who has the two neck oh, guitars. Jeez, that thing. Yes, that's the one. You're going to play on stage with them, leading this almost nearly 8,000 guitar players yes. playing Hey Joe. What's option C? or I can send you back to 1966 Uh and you're going to be in Café Wa listening to Tim Rose play his version but who's going to walk in and stand right next to you? Jimmy James aka Jimi Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix so those are your two choices you could be on stage with Shred Central, setting the new world record, or you could be back in 1966 and finding the same song, listening to the same song that Jimi Hendrix would later re record. Okay, so
0: you kind of have a Super Bowl moment, kind of.
2: Super Bowl moment, yes. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, by. You're on three, you're setting the world record. Yeah. In front of thousands, nay, millions.
2: Mm, yeah, well, okay.
0: Whoever watched it, yes, I yeah. watched it. Yeah, or and in the company of of uh, truly a fantastic guitar player, Steve Yes, I.
2: and Michelangelo yeah, Batty, but mostly Vai. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. you're in a rather intimate setting. Yeah, at Cafe Wa. Yeah, with a question mark. Yeah, and uh, you're 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 standing there listening to this strange version of Hey Joe that you. Don't really recognize
0: Yes Because but, it hadn't been made yet
2: But Jimmy James walks in Yeah So
0: what's it gonna be boy Okay Well we start with you T- Tanya So oh.
2: go ahead uh, I guess I have to put my other hat on Hold yes. on um, I think Oh man See I love going to Poland
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is really about When I
2: when I, when I was in, in Warsaw I need Or w- not in Warsaw In Krakow <laughs> We found we met these these college students and ended up going back to their dorm and on the way there there was a twenty four hour he'll find his way back Barry it's cool twenty four (laughs) hour pierogi house twenty (laughs) four hours and and you could get a maybe not (laughs) you can get a dozen pierogi for I think the equivalent was like three or four you only need one pierogi uh, because
0: everyone tastes exactly the
2: same oh no 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 no. all contraire Pierre uh, so that was, that, I mean, it's it's
0: pierogies and Michael Patio, <laughs> really? That's what you, that's what you're giving me.
2: No, I think I'm going to go back in time and back in the '66. Yes. And just to be able to rub shoulders with Jimmy James, I think would be extremely cool. So, as much as I love going to Poland and setting world records, <laughs> I I think but
0: mostly going to Poland. <laughs> apparently, okay. <laughs> All right, that's gotcha. what I'm going right, gotcha with. I got you loud and clear. All right,
3: Barry? Yeah, without hesitation, going back in time. Poland sounds awesome, but not with 7,000 guitar players. <laughs> Nearly 8,000. <000. laughs> Nearly 8,000. I mean, maybe on stage. All right, no. He just went to yeah. Nam. Why on earth <laughs> would he want to? <laughs> yeah, I don't need, well, so need 7,000 know, more. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Tony, This is is a, you just want everybody on your island this time, finally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's not even a remotely <laughs> a, a would I rather kind of thing. It's uh, that yeah, but she yeah. can be making history. Uh, I'm but I wouldn't be making history. It's Steve I is making history.
2: Well, but you're standing right next to Steve.
0: Yeah, but I'm just getting whipped in the face by his coattail things <laughs> that are flying around, and I don't, you know, being poked in the head with Badio's crazy guitar. I have, nope, that's a that's a big, hard negative for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, I'll just sit in Cafe One. Yeah. and snap
2: and uh, that's cool, be cool baby. Hey, Joe, where you going with that gun yeah. in your hand?
0: Uh, anyways, all right, so that was a moderately entertaining one. Thank you, Tony. I just wanted to add a little <laughs> color. It wasn't uh,
2: the best would-you-rather of all time. but no, but, I mean, but it
0: got us through it. It got us to the next but, one.
2: But you saw the imagery. I did. I was there with you. You could imagine it.
0: Yes, looking for somewhere different to eat. So, um, <laughs> Barry, we need to say thanks to a handful of people, and we, then we'll get you uh, uh, on your way. How about
2: that? I'll sit tight. Perfect. That's right, Todd. Because at this point of the show, yes. there's a special group of people we love to thank. These are our executive producers. Now, what's an executive producer? Well, an executive producer makes this show possible. How do you become one? Go over to pick, or pickguardian.com? No. <laughs> <laughs> Later, you can go there. But first, go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate, become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts. But as an executive producer, there's one more thing. Jared, what is that? You get to have your name written on the thing. Nicely done, Todd. I don't think Jared would be upset with you for doing that. Oh, no, he wouldn't. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Read these fine, fine sponsors, patrons of the podcast. That's right. Moon (laughs) Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D., mm. Richard Kendall, Mark Garton, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola guitars, John Esterley, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazin, Rusty Sneedon, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, and new this week, a new executive producer, David Tyndall. Indeed. Welcome yes. aboard. You are in very good company, my friend.
0: Yes. That is 100% true. Uh, but,
2: but Todd, Todd, yes. Todd, Todd, Todd. There's another okay. group of executive producers. We like to call them our grand poobas. These fine folks get a fez to wear upon their hell their hell their their heads whilst listening to the podcast. Mm, and at and the, and same, at the time. same time. So, uh, special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Iguereda, David Kaminga. Brandon Wown Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusick, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zandt, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daley, Martin Cliff, Sean S. Esa. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, and Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Indeed, thank indeed, you. thank you, thank you.
0: We really do appreciate that. Um, and you know, we got some, we got some really nice things thrown our way for the the seventh year kind of thing that we did, and and. Honestly, guys, we can't do this without you. I, I, we would not be here without your help. truly. Um, we love doing it, but there are you know, there are things that uh, just allow us to keep doing this. Yes. Um, so that being said, we need to say a humongous thank you to Barry from Grez guitars. Thank you, Barry, for joining our show and enlightening us about these amazing instruments you make and the stories behind it. Oh, thanks, guys. Where can people go to get these said things? GrezGuitars.com. Perfect.
2: Tony. Yes? Where can people get a fancy pickguard? Well, after you go to Patreon.com, head over to PickGuardian.com and check out some of the things that I do. Uh, There's some things you can buy right there on the site, but by and large, uh, I do custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you're trying to do. And I, uh, who knows? I might have a suggestion for you. I guarantee you will. Uh, we,
0: Billy had to uh, slip out. He's got some family stuff going on. Uh, so unfortunately, he didn't get to finish our, our show with us. But uh, you can shoot me an email, Todd, at theguitarknobs.com, or DM me on Instagram, at guitar knobs. We'd love to hear from you. Um, tell us what you think of the show. Share your would you rather so you don't have to listen to Polish... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> trips. You wait till stuff. the next time. Yeah. We're gonna have uh, <laughs> a pierogi guitar. Uh, anyways, yeah. Please, please uh, reach out and just, uh, you know, we pick up the phone. We uh, we do. Honestly. Ask any of the other people that do. Anyhow. Uh, thank you all for joining us for the show. Thank you to Barry. Have a fantastic guitar week. And
2: subscribe!
0: Yeah. Wait, What
2: are you talking about? The new collection.
0: What? Well, you are... You got to know better than to try to get Billy mid turn. Uh, you had me in the moment, Tony. Billy is the exception to the exception. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Enchilada.
2: <laughs> Damn it.
0: Ah, uh, yes. All right. Um, we're doing some happy fun times here. Say hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Perfect. Hey. <laughs> So Billy, uh, who you met at the show with me, um, he was the one who looked lost a lot. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> in Guitarland, there are never enough distractions, eh? Uh, Barry. <laughs> ah, Barry. <laughs> I love Barry. Yeah. I mean, I've come heard on, guys. Of this, it's the way we have it. to do these things.
2: It's business.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm.
1: I'm. Build, I'm this show is about builders of. Yeah. Boutique things. That's true, that's unique true. Unique things. And unique modifications. I'm, I'm in the unique modifications did listen, department. Did you
2: listen to the last podcast? <laughs> he finally found out what we do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
2: Oh,
1: my
0: answer is still gear. German.
3: Eventually. The Germans yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: then. Yeah. They must be talking about the Germans.
3: <laughs> if you were uh, Eastern European,
0: you'd say Žebek. Yeah, my last name yeah. is Novak. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm right a, there.
2: I'm American is Dudzik. I'm actually a Dudzik. Dudzik. Dudzik, Novak, yeah.
3: and Gresbik. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the wow. G-R-Z apparently is one sound. It's a... Wow. Gres- oh, gres- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you haven't seen Barry?
3: No, it's on HBO, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. It's, Somebody uh, was just telling me about it. It oh, is fantastic.
0: Yes, it is a killer show. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> 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 waka waka. You're fine. You're fine. Just go about yourself. And uh, away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarknobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes. Four on the Floor blog and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.